episode 55, delivering the perfect speech and presentation. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon with Jason Jennings. Jason, great to be with you today. Dale, it's great to be back with you. I always look forward to these. Fun conversations. Definitely enjoy them. And today we're going we're gonna to spend some time on this idea of the perfect presentation. So you spend a lot of time on the road, on the stage, giving 50, 60 speeches a year. Is that what it is? And that's what it's been for about 14 years, exactly. yes. Exactly. So I have some ideas that you have some terrific ideas to share with the audience for those folks who have a presentation coming up, even if you don't do 10 or 20 presentations a year, if you just have one coming up, uh, you know within the next six months it is worth the time that's going to take. Invest the time to make it right and to make an impact. It's an opportunity to communicate. So let's dive into some of the secrets of a great Jason Jennings presentation. How do you do it and, and what does it look like as, as you go onto the stage? Dale, step number one in putting together what I believe a, a perfect presentation looks like is uh, preparation. And unfortunately, a lot of speakers and a lot of people who are about to do presentations don't do that. I was recently at an event where I was the uh, closing keynote speaker, but I always like to get there, uh, and that was scheduled at 4 o'clock. Uh, but I like to get there at noon. They generally want me to sign some books or something, but I love to meet people over lunch. And then occasionally I'll, I'll sit in on a couple of panel discussions or a couple of speeches. You know, these people were starting at 6 o'clock in the morning. They had their continental breakfast at 7.30 in the morning. They were in sessions all morning long. They had this big, caloric lunch. And so, I mean, whoever was going on at 1 o'clock or 1.30, they've got their work cut out for them. Uh, people are more interested in probably taking a nap. And I sat through a couple of the most boring speeches I've ever listened to in my life. What you can tell if a speech is boring is uh, are people uh, checking out their iPhones all, all the time? Are they standing up and walking to the back of the room? Are they leaving to go to the bathroom? Are they coming back in? If that's happening, there's nothing compelling going on on the stage. And step number one, I've, I've got five things I want to share. Step number one is preparation. And had those bad speakers that I listened to that day done proper preparation, that wouldn't have happened. They, would have, they were very probably talented people and knowledgeable people, but they hadn't done any research. And so it begins with research. And so I can tell you what I do uh, for every single speech I do. Number one, the moment I receive an offer of engagement for a speech, uh, the first thing I want to do is uh, research everything I can about the company. And I will spend a lot of time online looking at bios on LinkedIn, looking at the company website. I just want to know who the company is, uh, what they do, and the histories of some of the players involved. Next, I conduct what I call a discovery call, a discovery diagnostic call with the planning committee that is putting the event together. And uh, I want to know what the key learning objectives are. I want to know what they want people to leave with when they leave the conference or leave the meeting. Uh, the next thing I do for every speech I do is I do a 60 to 90 minute interview with the CEO because at the end of the day, there's only one person who must be pleased, and that is the person who heads the organization. Because at the end of a speech, if the person who heads the organization 
has a broad smile of acknowledgement on their face and looks beamingly at the meeting planner, uh, looks beamingly at the people who put on the event. Everybody's a winner at that point in time. So when I'm talking to CEOs or heads of company, it's uh, I've read about your company. I've talked to a number of people in your organization, but through your eyes, tell me the story of the company. What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to be? What are the potential roadblocks that could keep you from achieving what you're trying to achieve? Again, I, I say it so often, I probably sound like a broken record, but at some point in time, I mean, you just have to ask the question, sit back and listen, and occasionally there can even be silences as somebody is gathering their thoughts. Be truly interested. And once I've spoken with the CEO or the person in charge, then I do 10 other interviews. Uh, I know this sounds like a lot of work, but I want to deliver a perfect presentation. I do 10 other interviews with people who are going to be attendants at the event. I want to know what they own, what they do, what they're responsible for. Uh, I, I want to know their story, where they're from, how they got to be where they are. And I want to hear from them what they see as the challenges and the potential roadblocks in the organization. You need to do a lot of preparation. You can't do a great presentation on the fly. Nobody's that good, or at least I'm certainly not that good. Tell me about those 10 conversations. Let's, let's pause there. And, and how do you use the information you glean by asking those questions you went through? How do you use that information in your presentation? Well, I can tell you that after the opening joke or story or comment in one of my speeches, I look at the audience and uh, you always at some point in time have to actually ask an audience to set aside their disbelief and be with you. My magic words are, over the past couple of weeks, I've had the opportunity to spend time with your CEO. I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of you. And I want to show you what you told me because I'm not here to talk about what I want to talk about. I'm here to talk to you about the things that are on your mind, your challenges, your opportunities. So let me show you. And Dale, the moment I say that, you can watch every bum come forward on the chair, and all of a sudden you've got people's attention, they've got a pen or pencil in their hand, and we're set to go to work. What I love about everything that you've been talking about right now is it's audience-centered. It's other-centric. You're going in with a true desire to better understand the audience. It's not about how much time do I, you know, when you hear preparation initially, it's how much time do I spend practicing? How well do I know the information that I'm going to present? No, preparation is really about knowing your audience. Let me tell you a very quick story, and I know time is of the essence here, but I was recently on one of my diagnostic uh, discovery calls with the CEO of a company. Uh, the a speaking agent uh, was listening in the background. Uh, the CEO knew this person was on the phone, but they were not going to be a participant. They just wanted to sit and listen. And at the end of it, uh, the speaking agent called me and said, that is the most incredible conversation I've ever heard in my life. I learned more in that 55 minutes that I've ever learned in my life about the company, about the person, about what they're trying to achieve. He said it was just absolutely fantastic. And uh, so, so I thanked him. That's always very nice to get a nod. And a couple of weeks later, he said, uh, he sent me an email and he said, uh, I'm going to talk to somebody today. He said, uh, can you send me the questions you asked? Mm. And I went, duh, the guy absolutely misses the point. Because if you truly have an interest, I mean, when I ask somebody, tell me your story, what are you trying to achieve? I mean, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm a richer man every time I collect somebody's story. I want to hear about other people. I don't want to tell other people about myself. I want to hear about them. And I said, so I, I sent him an email back and I said, there is no list of questions. 
I said, what you have to be is authentic. You have to be truly interested. And with God as my witness, I got an email back and he said, I don't have time for interest or authenticity. I just want the damn questions. <laughs> with that, I'm kind of speechless. Okay. So you have one magic question, though, that you, you like to ask as you're having these conversations, because you're not that guy. Yeah. So, you know, the magic question is, you can never ask it too early on, because it's a, it's a vulnerable question. And that question is, what's keeping you awake at night these days about your business? I mean, what are your challenges? What do you wrestle with? When you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you're thinking about the company, what are you thinking about? And people are just too prepared to share that if they sense your, your interest and your authenticity. But Dale, step number two is uh, I, I think when you're about to do a presentation, you have to ask the scariest question you'll ever ask anybody. And that is you have to negotiate expectations. And so let me give an example. Every time I'm having a conversation with a CEO or a business leader about an upcoming speech, my final question is, I've got one more question for you. And that is this, when the speech is over and I'm walking off the stage, what would cause you to beam and say, this guy knocked it out of the park. This guy far exceeded my expectations. What do I have to do to exceed your expectations? Because then I know the task that I have. Then I know the job that I've got. Most people, for some reason, I mean, that question just comes naturally to me. I mean, what are your expectations? What do you want to have happen? Uh, for some reason, most people are afraid to ask that question because they, I guess they think it makes them too vulnerable. I don't think we need to have any problem being vulnerable. What would exceed your expectations? And when they tell you what would exceed their expectations, then you've exchanged an, a vulnerability. Uh, you're already friends. So number two is negotiate expectations. You can only do that by asking. Number three, uh, one of the things that I think we all need to do is add value. And by adding value, it doesn't mean changing the price or cheapening the price, but I'm always willing to go the extra yard as long as I'm going to be someplace. What can I do to create extra value? I mean, do you want to have a photo op? I mean, do you want me to sign books? Do you want me to have breakfast with a few of your key leaders? I mean, do you want me to stay and have lunch with the members of your million dollar club? I mean, always ask, how can I add value? Number four, you got to deliver the goods. And the only way you can deliver the goods is by making it about the listener, the people in the audience, uh, the people in the meeting. It's got to be about delivering as promised. You absolutely have to do that. And then number five, because I know we're pressed for time here. I love to show up early. I love to be available. I love to be helpful. I love delivering the goods. I love exceeding the expectations. And then I love to leave because I want everybody saying, who was that guy anyway? I want to get some more of him. And let me share a little story with you. Not long ago, I was uh, doing the morning session, uh, the opening keynote uh, on the closing day of a session of a, of a three or four day conference. And uh, so the evening before I, I went to the reception and I'm not going to go use the guy's real name here. I'll just call him, uh, let's call him Dr. Mike. And uh, he's out there in the speaking circuit, and uh, he's a very, very nice guy, uh, very affable, very friendly, very helpful. You, you couldn't help but like the guy. And so uh, I was shaking hands at this evening reception, and he came up and he said, Jason, it's great to see you again. And I said, I didn't know you were here. Uh, he said, oh, yeah. I said, well, are you presenting tomorrow? And he said, no, I presented three days ago. And I went, okay, buddy, 
if you presented three days ago, why are you still here? You see, if you're still there three days later, what's the silent message you're sending to people? I didn't have any place else to go. I didn't have anything else to do, so I thought I would hang around. Uh, not me. I deliver the goods, exceed expectations, thank everyone, uh, let them know that I'm a better person for having had the opportunity to work with them, and leave. Always leave people wanting more. Mm. Quick recap for folks. Preparation is key, and it's audience-centered. Through this process, there is no list of magic questions. You have to you have to be authentically interested, genuinely interested in what people want and need and get to know them truly. You negotiate the expectations. You ask that scary question will cause you to say, hey, this guy exceeded my expectations as she walked off stage. And uh, add value. How can you add value? Go above and beyond and then deliver as promised. Make it about the listener. Leave them wanting more. After you've done all those things, you just, poof, vanish. You're gone out the door. But you're, you're still available. I think that's one thing that's important for folks to realize about Jason Jennings that truly amazes me. You are really available, and you're communicating often with your audiences, even after the event. Uh, you know, Dale, I get somewhere between 60 to 100 emails a day, and uh, everybody who takes the time to find me uh, deserves a, a personalized response. It might be two or three or four lines, but uh, everybody gets back. I love to be very helpful. And I yes. think that's that's part of adding value. That adding value never goes away. That's just that's part of the package, uh, along with genuine authenticity. So, great information for us. Great uh, five points on delivering the perfect presentation. Do you have a final thought? Yeah, my final thought is this: I'm giving away all my secrets, and you know what? I enjoy it more than you can possibly imagine. Come and listen to this podcast every week. I promise you there is something of value, but there's something else you can do. I mean, if you have a friend who's got a presentation coming up, I mean, forward the podcast to them. Let's build this community, and we can only build this community with the people who are listening. So uh, I love sharing the secrets, the secrets of all of my research, and, uh, and we'll be back again doing it again next week. Absolutely. And while you're at it, thinking about how to make this information available to more people, we would appreciate it if you would rate us on iTunes and then also write a review. Those two simple steps take less than 30 seconds and then help iTunes place this material higher on the list so more people have access to it. And it's uh, great information, game-changing information. That's why we call it The Game Changer. And this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. With that, Jason, have a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.